Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday. It is 8pm, which can mean only one thing. It is the Online Darts Live Lounge. I'm Phil Bars, joined by Jack Gobby Garwin today. Cam McFarlane is in because Lee Boyce has gone to our wedding on a Monday. Gents, who gets married on a Monday? Mike Buggers, that's who. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that, Gob. That's exactly what I would have said as well. Make it on a Saturday where everyone can go. <laughs> Pay the extra. Yeah, After 18 months of not being able to do it, after 18 months of not being able to get married, if you're that desperate to wear some extra jewellery, then then do it up the cheap, innit? <laughs> Might as well have done it. Might as well have done it over lockdown when they could just do it on their own, then. <laughs> How are we there, gents? Good weekend? Long, as always, but yeah, getting there. Yeah, and I was more sober than Cam was. Yeah, I may have had a couple on, on Friday night when I played Gob at Darts, and I could barely hit the board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely top draw. Well, welcome along, everyone. Chat room absolutely rammed. As always, remember, come and say hi, and make sure you give us a thumbs up, because it's great for the analytics and makes the show higher. Usual suspects are always in. Missy Curtis, Matthew, Dave, how are you all doing? Stuart is in. Chris, Teresa, welcome along. Declan, Max, how are we all doing? It's good. It's a Monday. Again, no what we call 128 darts, but there was plenty happening below that. We're going to have a look at the Dev Tour on both sides of the Divide, UK and Europe. We're going to have a look at some of the Nordic and Baltic stuff to see how that went down because a million names did well. Also, plenty else going on. The Ladies Series, there's news or not so much news around that. The World Seniors, there were some developments today, as always. Gents, the way the darts is developing now, it's not just about that one two, eight elite anymore, is it? Oh, which means more bloody work for us. <laughs> 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 it 
it means that when you do the tweet at about half 12, one o'clock on a Monday going, this is what we're talking about this week, we all have to scramble because we haven't spent the entire of our Sunday sat in front of Dark Connect looking at which 16-year-old picked up a Dev Tour title this week. <laughs> yep, it was a busy busy lunchtime for me as well, um, trying to keep up as well, especially being the late, late draft in as well. Um, yeah, um, someone asking in the chat room who the new caller was. It was, um, I can't remember what his name is now, but I should have been on things. He um, calls on the, he, he marks on the PDC Pro Tour. Um, it's Roderick, it's, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Um, so, yeah. Garen, Garen Roderick? Darren Roderick, yeah. Darren Roderick, part of the yeah. rep squad for the infamous... Indigo video world championship. Yes, yeah. Um, because Owen Binks was at the Dev Tour and Charlie was spotting. So there we have it. Because all week Owen and Charlie were rotating, refereeing and spotting between them. And then Owen cleared off to do the Dev Tour. No, it's all good though. Um, but any questions, remember, fire them uh... into that chat room. Um, and we will answer them. But I suppose we'll start with the Dev Tour, gents, because that's where all the action was. And across the weekend, strange, familiar names having good runs and good bursts individually. But I suppose that the man that stole the show, certainly on this side of the divide in the UK, was Dom Taylor. And across the water in Germany was Rusty Jake. Yeah, and the- as, as far as I'm aware, this is where my knowledge doesn't quite go because these guys have come for obviously a lot later than me. I'm 26 now, so I'm way out of the loop. Um, these are guys that have only really recently jumped on the development tour. Dom Taylor's within the last 18 months. Rusty Jake, look, we know the pedigree that that family's got and what's been coming from them. But again, he's not the oldest. It's two of the younger ones actually showing up. Some of the older, more experienced boys on these development tours, you look at the list of names that are still involved in these dev tours, Gert Nenchez, Neil Zonovell, Ted Evitz, um, Bradley Brooks, the World Youth Champion, Joe Davis, the World Youth Finalist. There is a host of experienced names, players that have played in top-level PDC events. A lot of these boys have played UK Open before, um, but actually over the week were shown up by some of the youngsters. Yeah, speaking of youngsters, we will start in Niedenhausen, for the first one over there. And again, it's someone that has pedigree. Um, the young man, um, Van der Bild, I hope I've pronounced his name right, but as you can see, has played on that famous Alexandra Palace stage and won the JDC World Championship camp. So he has pedigree and now he's showing it. He does, yeah. And it's a great opportunity, isn't it, for them on the Dev Tour to go, and go out there and win a title and get that experience of competing up right up to the, the competing over nine legs as well it's competitive and as we saw over the weekend there's a lot of people sort of showing up and competing and we had what do we have six was it wasn't six but five different first time winners over here yeah um i think so one so, yeah, because Taylor won two, didn't he? But then yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was the one in Germany. And again, I'm, I'm surprised. We'll jump 
we'll, we'll, we'll do them one, one, two, two, everything like that. Um, and this man, although I didn't know a lot about him, his results on day one, you could see he was doing bits, was Reese Coley coming through, beating Dom Taylor in the final. This was the start of Dom Taylor's fabulous weekend run. But Reese Coley getting the better of him um, there. And when you look at the names in the last eight of this Dev One Dumb Dev Tour number one, Reese Coley, Dom Taylor, Cameron Anderson. Joshua Richardson, we know. Uh, Jordan Boyce, Justin Hewitt, Rory Jolly, and Bradley Brooks. Those aren't what you'd call established names, apart from two of them, God. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Justin Hewitt's starting to get there with the Gibraltar. I think he's one of the two uh, that will be yeah. in the Gibraltar uh, World Cup team again. But like you said, uh, without being disrespectful, the likes of Cameron Anderson, Reese Coley, Dom Taylor until last year. Um, hadn't really heard of Rory Jolly's another Jordan Boyce heard a little bit about from his BDO days in, in the youth over there. Um, but other than Bradley Brooks and Josh Richardson, I'm struggling to put names on those boys. Yeah. And I've, I've got to say, it's nice that it, it lost in the semi-final cam, but nice to see Josh Richardson doing bits again. Obviously highlight of his career was winning the BDO youth title at Lakeside. But since then is career's taken a, a different path and, and he's doing other bits, but seems to be heading back towards somewhere near his best that we saw when he lifted that BDO title. Definitely. It looks to be getting back to a level of form. I mean, like you say, getting through to the semi-final, it's a good run. Obviously, big 5-1 win in the quarters as well. He's clearly playing some good stuff. And Dom Taylor, as we know, is the form player of the weekend. So, to only go down 5-3 to him in the semis, clearly played pretty well there as well. Yeah, I completely agree. And on two, two tournaments a day for the development tour. And then the second one over in Niedenhausen. I don't think there's any great surprise when we put this picture up. Again, the start of a fabulous weekend for Rusty Jake Rodriguez, the youngest of the RJRs. Gob, and recently played a lot of stuff on the Pro Tour, and we've seen some big performances from him, and he took that into this weekend. Yeah. Well, he's the youngest one that's actually old enough to play, because there's another one who's 14 or 15. If anybody's seen um, Roby John's social media today, um, there's been plenty of people that have managed to get them all modelled up over the weekend. There's been pictures of Roby put out. He's been called Roxy James, who's actually 29, so he'd have a good job being on the development tour. Um, <laughs> the kid is absolutely flying. Um, him and his brother, when they played Pro Tour, um, were very, very unlucky between both of them um, to not pick up tour cards. Um, horrible countback rule that we've spoken about a number of times. Um, <laughs> but they have been superb all year. And I tell you what, I, I wrote the write-up for this lad's domination. We're, we're going to get to it in a minute, but it's is event five and six, the performances there would not have looked out of place on a pro tour. And that's the best compliment you can play, play a player that's playing the dev tour. They were absolutely superb. Yeah, completely. Um, and just looking at some, look at the names again in the last eight here. Not what you'd call recognised names that we saw do well. Again, the only one looking back is probably Sebastian Berlecki and Nico Springer. 
are the ones that, that stand out that, that we know. Again, the rest, the, the Dutch having four of the last eight as well, showing Dutch darts is in a good place coming through, the same as in one where they had five in the last eight. So the Dutch youngsters doing bits as well, boys. They had a good yeah, week, definitely. didn't they? It's a bit like the did. Welsh men in pressure darts, where they seem to be winning absolutely everything. <laughs> the Dutch youngsters seem to be coming through. And it, look, it's no surprise. Holland has been an absolute hotbed for darts for a number of years now. It keeps producing good level players that you're waiting to kick on for the next step. We've, we've got a couple on the tour now. When you look at the likes of uh, Jermaine Mortemena, Jeffrey Deswan, they should have been next up to play about. Now it's producing more and more players as well. And actually, I think having... The Dev Tour split this year will help them just get into the habit of, of winning games, beating games. You'll be able to, without being disrespectful, move through some of the early rounds a little bit easier than perhaps you would in the UK. And then once you get to the back end of the tournament, you get the real test. And I think that's the best way to set up a tournament. Do you think this is something that we might see stay can, the Dev Tour split to keep travel costs and everything down once? Everything is back to normal, or do you think it will go back to all in one room? I'm not sure. I, I, I do quite like it as a concept, and I think, like you say, keeping the cost down, it gives a lot of people a massive chance that maybe they might not have. If they had to come over here for it, on at depth to a level, how, where do you cover those costs? Like it's So with being able to have it, or one that's in Central Europe and one over here. I, I like the idea. Whether it will stay, I'm not sure. I think we might see it go back to being all in one room, but I, I quite like it. Does it yeah. does it co cost massively, though? They've still got to travel to Niederhausen for some of the Germans, but Germany's absolutely massive. Most of them might be flying internally. The problem well, is it still costs yeah, you £25 pounds to, rent, to play in a development tour. They have to fund it somehow. It's only been a couple of years ago that yeah. you don't have to pay for entry to the pro tours. I mean, that was changed, what, four or five years ago now? But £50 pounds an event yeah. for a challenge tour, £25 pounds an event for a dev tour, look, it's reasonable money because then the prize money's got to be worth it. But actually, these guys have paid £150 pounds just for their events this weekend. The Austrians, the Czechs, the Dutch boys... Not sure how many of them would have driven. Plus then hotel for three or four nights, food or drink for three or four nights. In terms of actually then the cost for the PDC, I don't... I think they put it all straight back in one room. Yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right, to be honest. Realistically, a flight isn't that much different than what the cost is. That's not really the biggest cost, is it, of doing it, I suppose. I'd probably not considered that as much interesting one to consider then not gonna lie i like this one because of the shirt but keelan k picking up his first development tour title and we've seen this young man develop over the last 18 months during covid um god when he when keelan first played in the modus live league when we were doing it from home the first week he was in I wasn't convinced. I thought, hmm, maybe he's out of his depth. But over the last 18 months, he's grown, developed, and developing into a very good prospect. Yeah, he's grown into it. Look, 
Keelan has always been one of those players whose A game when he produces it was superb. We saw glimpses in that early week where produced a stunning leg, but just didn't quite have the belief about him or the B game to just back it up and, and get over the line with results. Um, the experience of playing in the live league now seems to have massively helped him when you're playing against players that he would have, let's be honest, some names in that live league that Keelan K will have come up against. He would have sat there as a kid, still is a kid for Christ's sake, idolising his players and now he's competing against them day in day out and getting results against him. He's been superb in the live league as it's gone on and he will continue to get stronger. Yeah, completely. And another final for Dom Taylor at this point, Cam. It was back-to-back finals but no title. Yeah, I mean, like we said, he was absolutely the, the standout over the weekend, wasn't he? He's just... And as we'll come on to, he does... He does go on to put that right, but yeah, it's just so consistent over the whole weekend. And it's probably, well, definitely the standout player of the, of the week, other than possibly Rusty Jake in, in Niederhausen. Yeah, but there was also one name in the quarterfinals which I was pleased to see was Connor Hennigan. Again, someone that we saw on the Online Darts Live League that I knew nothing about when he qualified through the MAD system, but developed and looked a very good player and I was pleased he had a, a, a little run and I think we'll see a lot more from him moving forward but then yeah. again it was a big weekend for this young man as well he picked up a title in Niedenhausen just signing for Target as well Kevin Doitz again a man we've seen on the Pro Tour a very good record on the Pro Tour some good averages Gov, this wasn't a surprise for me that he picked up a title over the weekend. The minute that any player that's been playing on the Pro Tour picks up a Dev Tour title, it's really not a surprise. I don't know how long I've been banging on about it, but for me, once you've got a tour card, you are developed. Once you compete in that level, you're there, right? You're a professional, pretty much. Not convinced about playing on a Dev Tour. So it's no surprise seeing these guys up there. Um, but Kevin is another player who is part of that Dutch um factory line that they're just keep gonna gonna keep producing more and more quality players and it's about whether he can take the next step. But look, we saw it with Dimitri Vandenberg, yes he's Belgian, but the point still stands. He learned to win in the development tour environment. Took him a while to kick on the pro tour, but now that he has, he's had the most ridiculous foundation to build a starting career from. So everyone's effectively hoping to emulate that right now. We'll come on to those points in a minute because I have got the noted down to talk about what you were saying there, God. Don't worry, it's it, it's noted as we're as we're doing a bit of a <laughs> bit of a flash on the development tour. Um, great comment in the chat room as well from Moritz says, "Yo, I played Rodriguez on Saturday first round. He's just amazing. At one time, he had five perfect darts." Yep, um, I don't disagree. Beat me. Also, a shout out for who Kevin Dowitz beat in the final. Again, an all Dutch semi final, but the Pigeon returned to professional darts after some time away. And, and good to see him back for his own mental health and, and well being. I think from the statement that was released at the time, that being a pro and being in the limelight just all got a little bit too much for him. Uh, young age cam took some time away but has returned and and to get to a final good stuff 
yeah, really good return. Obviously, was it now four years since he won a couple of Dev Tour events? So yeah. So obviously, like I say, it's it was a lot early for him. He's still only 22 now. So what was he 18 at the time when he won two of those? Possibly even 17. Uh, 18, isn't it? So he's to come back, take that time away, come back, and then be making a final again. I think good on him. Really good sort of step back in and some good performances like beating Neil Zonneville 5-3 in the quarters. Yeah, that's tidy. Then, this man finally, after heartbreak in two finals, picked up a title. Dom Taylor getting his getting his grabby little mitts, I mean that in the nicest possible way, um, on a title and some much needed prize money. And just to cap off four tournaments for him. That was the icing on the cake on Saturday, Cam. Yeah, it was. And thoroughly deserved after he's not quite getting over the line the first two events. But yeah, thoroughly deserved to get over the line finally on, on Saturday and another really good performance. Like Big win over Nathan yeah. Gervin in the semi-finals as well. 5-1 made it look quite easy there at that point. Yeah, completely and again, we just look at the, the last eight in that one. Apart from Nathan Gerwin and Liam Meek, who again we'll talk about shortly, that's not a lineup that many would have predicted at the start of the tournament in that last eight. No, but it's not as being disrespectful, but just given the rest of the quality in the field, the names that we've mentioned, we're yet to see Ted Evitz go deep, Louis Williams, um, Nathan Rafferty, Keen Barry, um, you got Lewis Pride in there, right? He made a top 16, didn't quite kick on from there. There's just littered with quality. Jared Cole, right? Jared Cole is top of the live league after one day so far. His name has not been in the last four yet. Doesn't make a last four, I don't think. That's how good this right. week has been. He's the current mad global champion. Yeah. Right, event number four in Niedenhausen was won by this man, Nils Onneveld. However, this last day had more of a feel of, a, of an experienced pro tour, shall we say. The, la the last eight, Nils Onneveld, Gert Ninches, Nico Kurtz, Rusty Jake Rodriguez, Mike Van Duvenbode and Adam Gaulas, all people that we have seen in PDC majors. That was more like the last eight than we were probably expecting. Yeah, that's, that's some last day, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a, a serious amount of quality in there. And so fair play to Neil Donovan going and getting it done as well, because not an easy little run, that, at the end there. to Like, a 5-0 over to Mike Van Dijvenbord, and then to beat Nico Kurtz 5-1 and Gert Nentz's 5-3, that's, he's not even really been in a lot of bother in them games either. Right, well... We've seen that Nils Oliver has got a fantastic A game. God won't like this, but when he beat your boy in the Players' Championships back in early, does it late November, early December, he's he's got a game. Yes, technically, I'm not convinced about the throw, but it works for him. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. I just think that's possibly his issue, and that's why we haven't seen him at the top of this as many times as perhaps we expected is just because that throw lacks serious consistency. 
Um, but he is a, a quality performer, as we've seen. When you beat James Wade, you have to be quality, don't you? Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he's, look, this isn't being, I'm going to say this again, this isn't being disrespectful. This is someone that's been on development tours and, and the like. You're going to get the odd name sneak through you because they're open draws constantly, right? But the quality in this last eight is the sort of thing I was expecting going into this round of development tour because I don't really know a lot of the youngest players coming through up on that tour unless it's the likes of Leighton Bennett that's going to come through eventually as of next year and, and that sort of thing. So these are the names you're looking out for pre-event and these are the event names that you're shocked to not see for the first three events to, to some extent. That's ridiculous. Because these are players that yeah. have competed and won when the fields are merged together. Yeah. Which is even more difficult. Oh, yeah, massive. What do you think? Adam Gaulas, former World Youth runner-up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the, the question in, there's a question in the chat about Josh Payne. We'll answer that towards the end, Dave. Um, don't worry, we've been noted and seen. Remember, come and say hi in the chat room, as always, with us. Then, we talk about the Dutch production line. Giveaway on the shirt. Um, the Welsh conveyor belt keeps producing. Um, God. And again, yeah. Liam Leek beats Dom Taylor in the final. Four finals on the banks for Dom Taylor. But I genuinely don't think we've ever seen that. I can't remember. But before we talk about Liam, I genuinely don't think we've ever seen that. Obviously, normally these are just over weekends and I don't recall anybody making the final of all four events every weekend. We've seen players win back-to-back -back titles on the same day. We've seen them pick up one title on one day, one title on every day. But to make all four finals is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. He must have been knackered, to be fair, by the end of it. <laughs> Played every game. They literally must have thrown more darts than half the room put together. Yeah. Oh, massively. He, he'd have certainly slept well on Saturday night. Yeah, definitely. Um, but again, mentioning the semi-finalists as well, Keelan Kay getting to another semi-final. Another Welshman getting to a semi-final, but a disappointing series for him was Louis Williams. Someone I expected a lot more from, given what we'd seen on the Pro Tour camp. Yeah, I think you'd, he was one of the names you'd have been looking for to go and probably win one of the six, maybe. Um, that's the I think that's the first time I've seen his name pop up in, in a, any of the last sort of eight there as well for the first four events. So, yeah, I think he's, he'll be one that will be a little disappointed with them first couple of days. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Lendl is in the chat room. He says, how do they determine the seeds for the World Youth Championship considering the fact there are two dev tours this year? Lendl, apply rule number one and you won't be far wrong. They'll make it up a week before the event, won't they? <laughs> exactly. Barry is always right. Put them in a heart and pull them out. <laughs> that, is, that, that is how they'll work it out. Um, then moving on, they're all playing the same five. number of events, aren't they? So they're just going to filter them in depending on how much prize money they pick up because it's worth the same amount. I, I would imagine it would be something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, It'll be a combined order of merit based on money earned, I guess. 
then this man's back again. And he beats Nils Onabel in the final. Rusty Jake picking up his second Dev Tour title of the weekend. And again, the form he's shown, this wasn't a surprise. Cam? Not at all. And just absolutely just decimating people when he's playing them as well. He's not just completely a level above everyone else this weekend. Like, you don't, you never expect to see a bagel in a final, do you? Um, especially not against someone of Neil Zonneveld's quality either. No, agreed. But Shocking this man is special, special talent. Just throwing it out there. He's in a 105 average at one point. Just throwing this one out there. Right now, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to Mensal Sulovic, but would Team Austria be better right now with an RJR combo instead of Mensal Sulovic as captain, being the little amount of darts the Gentle Giant has played recently? If he, if I'll he say doesn't one thing. play at the Euro Tour, then yes. And not even that. I mean, for TV and for the fans in the arena, definitely going to be a You'd prefer to see them two up there as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, it'd be great TV. Agreed. Uh, I feel sorry for the commentators, so though. They're going to get them the wrong way around at one point. Oh, Just absolutely. Just, yeah. Oh, RJR, you're not wrong then. <laughs> yeah. Um, welcome along, everyone in the chat room. A few newbies in. Hope you are all good. And remember, this is the best chat room in darts bar none. So come and get involved. So, yeah, this one next. After the year this young man has had, I'm rather pleased for this one. And I would have loved for this final to have been streamed just to see his reaction. Nathan Rafferty picking up development tour title number five. Obviously, didn't play in Q school. Went home due to the sad passing of his father. A man that has unbelievable bags of ability. We're yet to see it flourish, Gob, but great to see Nathan Rafferty coming out the other side of the year he's had winning on the Dev Tour. Yeah, superb. Shows the, the character and the resilience of the lad and, and that sets you up pretty well for, for going forward. Um, like I said, bags of talent. You have to be at that age to be part of one of the, the bigger management stables in darts. Um, seen him at the UK Open before. Um, there are things he could work on, certainly, but this is a good sign for him to just get back on the hockey and win in a tournament. Yeah, completely. The heartbreak of not competing at Q School um, can, but now on the right path. And the way it's going, this could set him up for a great back end of the year, heading into Q School early next year. Yeah, it's, it was obviously, it was gutting for him, not the the timing and everything for him not to get that chance at Q School this year. Someone with, like we said, absolutely bags of ability. Someone that you fancy to have a decent run at, at getting a, a tour card and to miss out completely. Getting that title this week and then if you can go on and kick on from here towards the start of next year, you've got to think he'll be like with the resilience as well, with everything he's gone through to come back and do it, you'd fancy... You fancy you'd be a tough person to beat at Q School next year? 
to show this one again because RJR, Rusty J, completes the double on the Sunday, this time being Nico Springer in the final. And look, we're just running out of things to say about this man. Absolutely tr tremendous. We've said it all before, but going to give a shout out to Sebastian Bilalecki. Got to another quarter final. I believe he's only 16, maybe just 17. The, the, the Polish um, the Polish boy, huge future ahead of him. Obviously, nine data at the UK Open this year and just quietly going about his business, picking up valuable experience all the time. Cam. Yeah, he is. He's doing really well. Like I said, there's not much more we can say about Rusty Jake. He's just gone through and decimated people again. Like not been put under any pressure at any point, but yeah, so Sebastian Bielik is like, well, to turn up at the UK Open and bang in a nine darter in the first round was something special anyway. So he's clearly got something very, very good and finding a, a little bit of consistency. He seems to have made a few last eights there this weekend and hopefully, again, like I said, so young again. That's the difference with all of them coming through now. They literally, they're all still in school and like turning up and just. Backing people. <laughs> yeah. Um, not put under pressure. Not put under any pressure, by the way, is the key thing there. Played 14 matches on the Sunday and he dropped 16 legs. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> <laughs> to win two titles. Absolutely unreal. Um, before we go on to the last one, Elaine Gervin is in the chat room. Hope you are all well. Chatting to Nathan today, he had a gun, semi-good weekend on the Dev Tour. He was being a bit critical of himself, expected more, but good to see him back playing. Um, someone said Polish Euro Tour from Stuart. Yeah, look, I think next year when travel is easier, I would fully expect to see a Polish event on the calendar. Do you agree, guys? Yeah. Yeah, I think we will do. Um, and then the last one... The World Youth Champion finally gate crashes the winning circle. Bradley Brooks beating Ted Evans in the final. Not only that, Keane Barry getting to a semi-final against Conor Hennigan. That's more what we expected from the more experienced players got heading into the last one. Yeah, I mean, look further down. You've got Keelan Kay, Reese Griffin, Nathan Kerr, Jordan Boyce, Owen Maiden, Joe Davis made a top 16. Katie Sheldon, Rafferty in this one as well. It's almost as if the older boys knew how to pace themselves and all decided they were going to have a tilt at the last <laughs> event in the UK. Um, fantastic win for Bradley, obviously, as well. The champion would have been under pressure if he'd come away from the first half of the Dev Tour this year, basically, um, without picking up a title. That that title pretty much means he's in the, the World Youth Championship because of the amount of money that's actually on offer. So he, he will be comfortably there um look, a final is decent for ted but there will be if i'm ted Evans, i'm a little bit worried at this moment because the form on the pro tour hasn't quite been there and as one of the most successful development tour players of all time if not the most successful i, I can't quite remember the status between him luke Humphreys, and, and dimitri on titles one and, and prize money one and, and that sort of thing six events for someone of Ted's caliber who's got the experience at these events, you'd expect him to be picking up a title, at least one. And all right, it's the first time they're playing at Dev Tour competitive environment, but he's been at Pro Tours, he's been at the rest of it, and 
he hasn't really been the same player on the hockey since he lost to Fallon. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, it, it's an interesting one. We're going to come on to this debate in a minute. Uh, Connor is in the chat room. Hope you are well, mate. I will see you on Thursday or Friday, or maybe both, um, making a debut in the live league. Uh, Daniel says, is there a third European tour event this year? Uh, no. Uh, officially, it hasn't been announced, but knowing when the European Championships is, there's no time to fit one in. So, can he be done? Right, gentlemen, the age-old question, and we are now going to talk about it, the development tour criteria. Does it now need changing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've got to, got to agree yeah. as well. Before we get onto this, there's an interesting thing going on in the chat room about what age you can play development tour until... You have to be 23 or under at the time of the world final. So that is normally the 2nd or, or the 3rd of January. My birthday was the 17th yep. of January. And Luke Humphreys was also a February birthday. So me and him both spent an entire year playing as 24-year-olds. Um, yeah, so you have to be 23 or under at the time of the world title. People are asking how I got on. Did I win any titles? I didn't win any money, mate, let alone titles. I was crap. Uh, <laughs> Did not, did not like the environment. At, did not like the environment at all. Um, um, I think my first tournament was the one where they literally just put Dark Connect in and having. I just don't think that that should be tracked at that age, but that's what that is. So. Where are we on this? Are we saying, or do you both feel that if you've got a tour card, you shouldn't be allowed in? Or the other one for that, if you've got a tour card, once you're in the top 64, you can't be in there. Where are we standing on the the line for this? For me, once you've got a tour card, you, you're above that level then. You you can't still be rolling around on the dev tour. You've, you've got to be... Stepping up, I think once you've got that tour card, that's that's you done on the dev tour. Rob, are you the same, or are you thinking some leeway? In in years gone by, especially when I was competing, I was the minute they were tour card, they shouldn't have been there. But actually, I'm not. The, the tour card players have struggled this week, which is where you start to perhaps go back on it. Um, I think the issue is with the name because in the past it's been called the youth tour and then people say, well, you're not a youth world champion if you're 23 years old, which to be honest, I agree. Um, you're not a youth at 23. You've been able to vote for five years. You've been able to drink alcohol for long enough. You've been able to make every wrong decision in your life that you possibly want at that age. Um, you're not a youth. Um, I, well, my opinion changes, but ultimately there needs to be some sort of capping on it because some of these players are far too good to be picking up easy money off players that are trying to learn the game. Yeah. Um, I know Andrew, one of our regulars is in the chat room is certainly of the other way. He thinks he, he likes it the way it is. My kind of issue was highlighted last year when 
Jeffrey Dejuan flew back after being knocked out of the Euro Tour to play in the World Youth Qualifier. I don't agree with things like that. Yeah. But we've, we've seen that in the past. That's what I'm saying. From players like Dimitri Vandenberg, Mike Dedeka, players that have won titles at this level, that have then played Euro Tours or, or qualified for the like of that, been knocked out and come back. I remember Dimi losing first round of a Euro Tour, coming back and picking up a title the following afternoon in the Dev Tour. Yeah, look, no one's ever going to agree on this. It's just a, it's just an opinion, but I would like it tweaked. I I'm not, I don't necessarily mind the tour card issue, but I think that if you're in the top 64 in the world, then you shouldn't be allowed to play. That that's just my one. Um, I know. Well, at top 64, you're keeping your tour card, aren't you? So exactly, at that yeah. point, yeah. If it's your if it's your first time on the pro tour. And you went to Q school, weren't expecting, perhaps going to get a challenge tour and, and then you snuck in or whatever. Then, OK, I can see that argument that what Andrew said, one good week at Q school doesn't mean you're developed, right? Aaron Beanie got a tour card averaging 88. Some of these boys do that far more frequently. That's not being respectful. That, that's just what happened. And even he said he wasn't expecting to pick up a tour card when he did two years ago. Um, but yeah, once those players reach a top 64, they're in a position to keep their tour card, which means they're just going to be a full-time pro until they're not good enough anymore. And at that point, yeah. why should they have a... It's, it's a bit like when we've spoken in the past about entries via backdoors through European qualifiers, if you're from that nation, and also playing in the PDC qualifiers they put on in the UK. Um, we've had this debate about whether Lisa Ashton should be allowed to play in the women's series as she holds a tour card and it's effectively another spot just to sneak in on, on that way. Um, I, I don't think we're ever going to solve it. I think the PDC are more than happy and content with what they've got. Um, but yeah, I, I'd certainly be looking at tinkering a little bit. Yeah, um, there was a couple of good ones in here. Um, Jonathan says, if a player with a tour card won the Dev Tour, would it be better for the player in second to get the tour card and the world's place? They do, don't they? I think they do. They certainly get the they certainly get the tour card. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure if they I get the World Championship. Ten different players have already qualified through the PDC Pro Tour of Merit for the World Championship. Yeah. I might have got this round the wrong way, but I'm pretty sure last year, Keen Barry had already topped the Dev Tour to win his Tour card. But if he'd have won the last Challenge Tour, he would have overtaken David Evans and finished top of that, meaning the Challenge Tour place is higher in the pyramid system meaning he would have yeah. taken that tour card and second in the dev tour would have taken his spot as a tour card holder. So, yeah, I'm 99% certain right. that already happens, um, Jonathan. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Craig is in as well. Hope you are all good. Um, yeah, look, there's a lot of... A lot of people saying it's it's okay. A lot of people saying top sixty four. There's no right or wrong answer to this. It's just just a bit of an opinion, and we'll we'll go from there. Right. Next up, we are going to talk about the Nordic and Baltic tours. Look, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch an awful lot of it. Just going to put that one out there now. 
Um, we've got a few graphics I, I borrowed from the PDC page. Thank you as always, guys. Um, is this the right one, first of all? Yes, it is. I've got a few, few old faithful names in the hat making the final on the Nordic and Bowling Tour Pro Tour 1. Daniel Larson beating Mario Cantelli. But this kind of got this semi-final lineup kind of vindicates what we're saying about players on the Pro Tour backdooring it into it. Daniel Larson, Marco Cantelli, Madas Razma, Darius Labanauskas all in the final four and potentially backdooring it into world spots and everything like that. This is the the real highlight that you're on about. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't agree. Look, the, the Nordic and Baltic scene is growing massively and these players being there is brilliant for their exposure. But at the start of the year, before the end of this, before they play Pro Tours, they should have to nominate which route they want to attempt to win a spot of the World Championships for. Having multiple options because of what country you're from, for me, just isn't fair. It's just not right. Rasma and yeah, Rasma right. and Labanowskis in particular should be absolutely nowhere near this event. They're more than comfortable enough on the pro tour. Well, we've we've seen Darius Labanowskis make quarterfinal of the World Championships. Yeah, and it's not it's nothing against the players. If they're handed these opportunities no, to go and win money, potentially secure their place, I'd take it. I'd snap their hand off for it. I, if I'm I agree. Yes, yeah. this is this is should not be an option. No, it just should not be an option. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, well, we haven't got a graphic for number two, but um, Madas Rasma beating Daniel Larson in the final. Um, Mario Cantelli again getting to the semi-final. Labanowskis in the quarter-final. For me, just looking at the winners and at least the semi-finalists can in the Nordic and Baltic Tour, there is a real divide here between the top players and the ones underneath. Because this weekend has been absolutely dominated by three or four players. Yeah. And like you say, you can't blame the players whatsoever. If they've got that opportunity to go and do it and it's their best shot, then of course you're going to go and do it. But yeah, there's something not quite right with, with the set of it that they can go and do it. Because like you said, they've completely dominated it. Uh, yeah, we, um, Andrew, yeah, I know Cantelli doesn't have a card anymore, but the fact he, he has is the thing. It's more the, the Lavanauskas, um, Madas Rasma and, and that issue. But Cantelli has played well on the Pro Tour and played some good stuff on the Home Tour last year as well, in fairness. But he wrapped up number two in Reykjavik. And then number three, Andreas Jorgensen being Darius Lavanauskas. In the final, this one was a little bit closer, 6-5 to Jorgensen, Gob. But Lavanauskas disappointed not to pick up a, a title there, probably. Yeah, probably. But I'm not. But Jorgensen is the sort of player that I want to see win in these events. I, I want the exposure. I want to see names that we're not that familiar with. This is what these events should be a breeding ground for. I'm not being funny. You look at the Asia Tour. You look at the players coming off that. You look at your Ilag and your Malik Dem and, and the rest of the players that are doing bits over there. They're players that, okay, they got their chance by winning those events, playing at World Cups, and then going to World Championships. I want to see the same from these guys. Yeah, no, no I don't 
I don't disagree. Um, then we have Mario Cantelli getting his hands on a title. I'm not going to try and pronounce this dude's name because I don't want to butcher it. Um, but Super Mario. I think so. I'll go yeah, for it. Heinz. Heinz, yeah. Uh, that's what yeah. I'd guess, but we've yeah. probably butchered it. We'll get yeah, to you know, we're, we're, we're good at butchering names, but Marco Cantelli getting his hands <laughs> on that one. Then in number five, Matters Razma, a man that has got to a Pro Tour final, being Daniel Larson 6-4 job. And again, that, that, that's probably the highlight, the fact that Razma has gotten to a Pro Tour final. Yeah. Solid, though. Absolutely solid. Yeah, like, look, it's, 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 right, by, by the way, there was a comment in the game. chat room. Completely agree. We're, we're not blaming the players at all because if we were players, we take advantage of it as well. It, it, it's not the players' 100%. fault. It, it's the system that that, that is the issue um, there. But, God, an interesting one. Actually, let's do the, let's do the last slide first before I come on to this. Johan Jungestorm getting the uh, Nordic and Baltic qualifier position for the World Series event coming up next month. Is that because all of the top players that have dominated the rest of the week are already there through invites? I, I, I guess so, yeah. That they're, they're, <laughs> their eight qualifier spots are already, are already sewn up. <laughs> oh yeah their names just do not appear in this list at all it went from a 64 or a round of 64 with eight games in it to three games in a top 32 so the rest of the boys are already there um solid though it's it's good to see sweden doing bits i'm not sure who their world cup team is but after seeing larsen maybe nielsen engstrom might be pushing in for that but it, it's more exposure for players we haven't seen. That's what the World Series is about. It should be about the best players in the world going into slightly lesser-known countries' backyards, playing on the best of their talent, exposing that. Those players get a taste for it and go, right, the next time they come, I'm going to have them. I'm going to put myself in a position where I want a taste of that. I want a taste of what the PDC can produce. That's what the World Series is about. Interestingly, the overall averages for the Nordic and Baltic stuff not as high as what I thought, and the development tour averages consistently higher overall. Does that surprise you? A little, especially as the Nordic and Baltic is a significantly smaller field. But then I guess that because it's a smaller field, the players that are there just for the experience, the likes that you get at Q School, that are there just for a crack, and so they might get a, a decent draw, they can play challenge talk and say that they've been, the same guys here will have pulled the group or, or the, the event average down a bit more. So, Yeah, no, it's, it's just interesting just looking at it here on, on Dark Connect the average, especially in the UK one, was, was higher. Um, so that that was an interesting one. From the chat room, so now we've covered the, the tours, any standout moments for you guys in the chat room? 
from the development tour or Nordic and Baltic tours, let us know. going to be interesting that's that also as well i don't for those that were asking after what happened on the challenge tour on the dev tour certainly in the uk not sure about Niedenhausen, but i guess it's the same players were lateral flow tested every day not just at the beginning makes sense no. Yep. Do we yeah. think there might be a reason for we... that? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can talk about that all we want again, but the point, the, the fact of the matter is that actually the PDC created an environment where that was possible. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of money on the line here. There's a lot of things at stake potentially to get your career started in some of these events. Of course, somebody's going to try and take the risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. Um, Jonathan, we'll cover that shortly, mate. It's on the list. Don't worry about that one. And then from there, the the news that next week's Lady Series in Niedenhausen has been cancelled due to lack of numbers. Now, this doesn't surprise me because of everything involved. I'm not sure that Ladies Darts is as big on continental Europe as it certainly is in the UK. Might be completely wrong with that, but I, just, I don't think it is as big. And everything involved to go to Niedenhausen just meant I don't think many were going to travel, but I fully expect to see the numbers increase. Now everything is over here. Cam, when it was pulled, did it did it surprise you or not? Not really, no. And like you said, not sure whether women's arts as big on the continent as it is here. But realistically, I mean, I think the number of entries tells you that, doesn't it? It tells you that it definitely isn't because the majority of the people that were entering were from the UK as well, which is the reason it's been pulled and added to the UK side. And it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It There's no reason to be having it. It's just not, not going to work for anyone if you've not got a, a full sort of slate of people entering and it's going to be much more difficult for everyone to travel and do it. Depends whether they're vaccinated, whether they've then got to isolate when they come back. They've all... Yeah. got other things that they have to do when they're not playing darts as well. So it's going to hurt the number of people entering and it just it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Gob, your thoughts? Um, I'm not sure it's a, a Euro issue. I, I potentially think the burst in in women's darts has, has been popped a little the the fallon effect was a while ago now we've had a lot of lockdown there hasn't been many opens or county for ladies players to get out and play in environments where they're traditionally comfortable from or playing in and actually that what was there 22 entries i bet i could name you yeah. 10 of them and they're the only 10 that could genuinely in my opinion go on and win a series and at that point 
Why is everybody else going to prop it up? I genuinely still think there is still a massive, massive gap between the very, very top ladies players and everybody else that compete at that level. And at that point, you're paying to be there to potentially have a really, really good week or a couple of weekends if you're going to dislodge the likes of Lisa, Fallon, Makuru, Dieter, Corin Hammond, and, and the rest of them that are going to go on that list, Bo Greaves, Lorraine Wynn-Stanley. You've got to get through all of that field to then play on TV in front of a man when actually you've just produced the best performance you've ever done to maybe get over a women's series field averaging 80. It's, it's, women's darts is definitely going in the right direction. But the grassroots needs to grow first. There needs to be a mass influx of 12 to 17-year-olds picking up the game that are picking up the game to a good standard to build that up because we're going to lose the top talent soon and then it's just going to drop back down again. I think that's coming. Well, the way that the JDC works and everything like that, I, I think that, that works and that flow will work. Eventually. Um, but that's we're, we're sort of in that limbo right now where if I'm a ladies county player that averages mid-70s, am I going to consider going to this event? Probably not. Because I've been there and done it now. I've, uh, in all likelihood, I've been to some of the women's series before. I've experienced the atmosphere. Not a lot of the women players have sponsors, especially not further down because of the lack of prize money, the lack of size of regional opens for women players. Don't get me wrong, women's darts is definitely heading in the right direction. It has been for a while, but it has to grow at the very, very grassroots level now. It, it just has to shoot up to support this, because otherwise you're going to get stuck with an elite group of 8 to 15 players at a push, and then everybody else. And everybody else isn't going to want to keep turning up to lose to that 8 to 15. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. A um, couple of comments on there. Oh, Jara's in the chat room, mate. Hope Ireland was good. Um, and I hope you enjoyed the um, the grand finale of the, the 100, the, the saviour of, of cricket. Fantastic, wasn't it? Charlie, oh, it was room. absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. It's about uh, making cricket for no everyone. Pull Germany off for the women in the current pandemic environment. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. I just didn't see it it happening in Germany the way it is, and I just think now that all all the women are over here, it's it's much better. Um, I use, and I, I might be wrong here, but I'm sure I saw. Is it Lorraine's daughter Josie that yeah. couldn't go to Germany because she wasn't double jabbed? So coming back, she'd have to isolate for 10 days yep. and things like that. Yeah. Because she's coming from an amber country, not being double jabbed and just everything like that, where if it's over here, she's in. So the, the, certainly the younger generation of of the, the female players, it, it hindered massively. Sorry if I've got that wrong, but I'm sure I saw it on one of the, one of the social media platforms. If not... My, my, my bad, but I'm sure I read it somewhere. If it were, or if it wasn't Josie, it was someone else that I read. 
definitely. <laughs> Nathan oh. says, were there many female players at the Dev Tours? I can, I can find one name because obviously it doesn't list if they're male or female. So just searching through the players I expect to be there. Uh, unless um, Katie no, Sheldon was literally, literally Katie Sheldon. She's the only one that I can find. Um, there's no Courtney Hine, no Bo Greaves. Um, I, I believe Bo Greaves is massively struggling at the moment. Mm-hmm. After, was it Cheshire she played in? Uh, there was a lot of talk on social media about it having diarrhoeas. Yeah. Lots of pressure um, early. Yeah. Um, Charles said... <laughs> Social media. It was a few weeks ago that she played. I'm sure it was like the Cheshire Open or something like that, and massively struggled with it. Well, there was a. I I I I'm very skeptical of just labelling people with diarrhea, but there was talk that there were a couple of legs where she had trouble releasing the dart. Yeah, like I said, I don't know. I was just going off the, the social the media game, yeah. and, and got through the game, and and as apparently has done it a couple of times over the last eighteen months, and it's not a consistent thing. But yes, there were moments where she had trouble releasing the dart. Yeah. Um, right. Then from there, released today from the World Seniors, two replacements coming in: Dita Hedman and Alan Warren Little in the field. Obviously, um, the sadness of Andy Fordham passing away means that there there was a space. The Viking unable obviously due to, due to his passing and Tony David not going to be fit enough to, to play recovering from an operation. So Dieter and the original Iceman in gents thoughts on the, the two replacements. I'll let you go on this cam. All right. Cheers, mate. Um, <laughs> both just waiting there for waiting there for the other one to say it. Yeah. I mean, it was just something I'd never even considered with, Andy Fordham's really sad passing that it was going to have an impact on the seniors, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think, obviously, Alan Warren a little absolutely was fantastic back in the day. And, and I think it's a good good move putting Dieter in there as well. I, I think, thinking of who they actually could have put in there, I think it's probably pretty pretty good replacements that they've put in, really. Yeah, no, I agree that there's always going to be general chit-chat on, on social media and people not happy with why their favourite's not in God. But overall, I, I don't think many people could could argue that these two don't have the pedigree to get wild cards to be in the World Seniors. No, I agree. And actually, look, it is a wild card event. It is the first year. These two guys have got media background as well. Then being in and around the venue will certainly help. The production, if they're asked of it, they'll they know how to interview and that sort of thing, and it just makes the entire event look that little bit more professional. The rest of the years, you're yeah. building it, you have your ranking events. But actually, the first year is an invitational, having more and more experience around there. Two players, they're not there just for their media experience; they are 
say his competitors, quality dart players and, and a pedigree in the game, obviously. But that added thing certainly helps. And it wasn't going to be Mike Gregory, was it? No. No, and, then, and there's certain people saying, oh, why isn't he in? Why isn't he in? There's a lot of players that we haven't seen throw a dart in a long time, even on the exhibition circuit, um, yeah. is the thing. So there's, there's nothing to, to even judge it off. Um, we've seen Dieter play yeah. in the, the, the live live league, won some, won some good games, and we know that she can produce it, the same as Alan Warner. People, obviously not for the last 18 months, but before COVID, we're still regular on the exhibition circuit and could still throw a decent dart. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Stuart, correct. Yeah, uh, sorry, not Mike Gregory. Pete Reverson definitely wasn't going to be him. Uh, Dave asked, wasn't it going to be all uh, world champion at the seniors? Um, they were the first asked. So everybody that was first invited was yeah. a former world champion over the age of 50 that doesn't have a current PDC tour card. Um, and after that, that would have been an initial field of 16 as well. Then they expanded the format to 24. A few more wild cards in there. Um, slightly bigger format, expanded the event, and then we've got the qualifiers as well. Yeah. Um, I've just turned Gob up a little bit as well. Um, right, we're going to get rid of this one. There's still a few bits to talk about in the week of darts, but no slides. So I'll put us back to the to the bigger view temporarily. Um, the qualifying criteria for the Grand Slam of darts was released, and I can tell by Gob's little Little murmurings there that this, this this could be an interesting <laughs> debate. God, um, the two two ladies from the ladies series, um, challenge tour, dev tour places. Overall thoughts: Have they got it right, or now is the Grand Slam just the same as every other PDC comp apart from the UK Open? Well, look, I fully appreciate there has been a pandemic and there isn't really the opportunity for um, grassroots qualifiers that we used to see in the UK Open. But right now, after that announcement, I don't like it. I don't like it. Players that are winning inferior tours are getting in ahead of regular tour card players that play at a higher level. Pro Tour winners are not getting in. People that have won Pro Tours that won £10,000 in one go winning seven matches against the best 128 players in the world, as the system is designed to, and not getting into this event over 17, 18-year-olds on Challenge Tour winners that weren't good enough to win a tour card in the first place. They already get a spot at the World Championship. They already get a tour card for the following year. They already get an invite to the UK Open. I don't like it. And I, I fully get that there is no amateur side of the game to currently provide a top eight from and, and that sort of thing at the minute. And there will be competition for which governing body from the amateur side of the game then provides those eight players next year, given the, the change in landscape of that. But for me, this is where the Grand Slam is. It, it's never been my favourite tournament ever. Um, when it was PDC against BDO, absolutely fine. The minute they made that ranked, a bit hesitant. Then they changed it a bit more. Then the BDO started to lose its appeal and its shine. Um, it's basically a group stage tournament now with one player in each group that is going to get an opportunity, yes, but an opportunity they get at the World Championship and the UK Open and, and as a tour card holder the following year. 
but they effectively, the way the groups are going to be drawn as well, are going into a group as a whipping boy. Whipping person. And it would take a massive, massive upset to produce anything at that point. I'm just not a fan. Your thoughts, Cam? Yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's it's difficult as in where you get those qualifiers from, who then which amateur side of the sport that you use to get those qualifying spots. So it does make it tough, but yeah, I've got to say I'm with Galbon. I don't particularly like it either. I'm not sure they've got it right. I'm not sure it has the appeal that it that it used to have. But I mean what can we do? We're also going to watch it. Yeah, no, I agree. Still got to be there. Yeah. The, the, the slam was always the cross-code tournament. That's what gave it the, the magic. The same as the UK Open, the, the Open draw, the amateur side of it, the FA Cup of Darts. That's what gave that the, the, the magic. And last year, I know it was behind closed doors, but the Grand Slam didn't... There was no magic around it because so little... Uh, other bodies were involved, and no, I agree. Um, Shawnee Matt, I'm not against the group stage format either, but then the knockout format is so long, it's effectively another match play. It's ridiculous length matches yeah. in the knockouts. Yeah, it, it's strange, isn't it? Because it goes from short bursts in the group to match play in the in the knockout. It's a, it's yeah. a weird one. Give them a bit longer. Give them a bit longer in the group and play a few more shorter matches on the night for the slam for the quarters and, and that sort of thing. And it could just do with a massive rejig slash overhaul. Not against the group stage format. I thought Champions League worked really, really well when it came about. It served its purpose to get darts onto the BBC as well, which is why the entire tournament was created. But I like that, that you can still play for something, especially the way that the group format's drawn out as well. It's virtually impossible for there to be a dead rubber. Yeah. My, my other issue with the slam is the fact that you should not be able to play someone that you played in your group until the final. I oh, hate, yeah, definitely. absolutely hate that way they, they do it. That Meet them two yeah. rounds later is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's not right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sam says, hopefully next year when the amateur game is re-established, we can go back to what made the Grand Slam stand out. I don't think a year's. I don't think the PDC will commit to an amateur body giving them spots unless they can prove year on year they're sustainable. So I think it'll be three, maybe four years before one of them convince the PDC to give them that opportunity again. I might be wrong, but that's what my gut says. I, I was going to bring this. Yeah, point I don't up. think we'll see it soon. The two bodies are effectively in a race now because whichever one of them gets over the line with this, the PDC are effectively backing as the amateur side of the game and their weight will carry masses everywhere. That will be a yeah. massive win for one and a massive hit for the other. And at the same time, if the Grand Slam doesn't have amateur involvement for four years, are people going to adhere to it in the same way we have done for the last few years the PDC might be forced to make a decision earlier than they want to those bodies yeah. are going to have to prove it earlier than they were wanting to and it could be 
a ridiculous point in darts at that moment. Yeah. But one plus point for, for Jar, at the moment, Raymond Van Barnabert is provisioning the Grand Slam of darts. So we'll have either side at least three times <laughs> if that stays. Yeah. Only Jar. Get that alarm, get that alarm ready. <laughs> so, Jar, Jar, I'll be happy. Jar, I'll be happy with that. You can either watch highlights of the of the hundred or Barney. It's up to you, Garth. Back to you, Jar. They're, they're your two options. Hurley's yeah. the chief fan, um, chief of the fan club for both, anyway. So, he is. Yeah, um, Daniel. As far as I know, I've spoken to his manager today, and as it stands, Mensa is playing in Budapest, so he won't need to be replaced. I know stuff can change, but but right now he is playing. So that was that one. Was there some sort of open event in Europe this week? Because I'm pretty sure him and Kim Hybrex were at the same place and it looked like a dart event. So he is Possibly, looking yeah. like he's playing somewhere. Yeah. Someone added me on Facebook, put photos up with both of them. So, so yeah, agreed. Um, Mensa looks as if he is back playing, which is fabulous to see. I'm trying to think that's just about it in a week of darts, isn't it? I don't think we've missed anything else. Um, Nothing stands out Glamorgan? that we've missed. What's that? Glamorgan? Oh, yeah, I, you, you're right, yeah. Um, the, the the county scene, shall we say, to, to coin your phrase, Gob, is in the mud. They're, they're arguing <laughs> before they've even thrown a dart. Yeah. I am three weeks away from getting back on a stage and calling darts, and a team has been removed. <laughs> Um, more politics in a sport that it just does not belong in just get on and play darts uh, a lot of people threw their weight behind the UKDA one county here from what it looks like are trying to shaft them a little bit do their own thing on the side and make a little bit of a mockery of it and then the entire business model just crumbles so it, it couldn't have been allowed um no surprise to see that somebody formerly involved in the collapse of the BDO is the chairman of Glamorgan. But I'm going to caveat that. Surely, as a county, it's your responsibility to do the best for your county's darts. And if they feel what they are doing is the best for their county, they have a right to. In some respect, yes. But in doing what they think is best for their county, it just costs them their status as a county. They don't exist in that system anymore. There is no one else to play against. They effectively now have a singles competition. That's all they're left with. Which surely can't be the best for your county. <laughs> I'm going to spin this, but then that singles league can be turned into a mad league to get qualification points to play for your super region. Which you already got through playing effect- Super League in County anyway, for free. But effect- so now they have to pay but, to but, affiliate. Yeah, but effectively, the mad super regions and county darts are kind of the same. Similar enough, but that's why there is that partnership between MAD and UKDA. So you're going to go and affiliate to half the organisation and, and take up half the benefits, but not the other. You're effectively losing out on 
four or five home county fixtures or four or five away county fixtures, the camaraderie of playing in a team and everything else that goes with it? This this may be unpopular opinion, but I'm not sure County Darts works anymore in the modern day darts. Okay. And the only reason I say that is speaking from down here in Hampshire, I can name a lot of players that have said no to playing county because one, it costs them a lot of money to do an away game when they can spend that money going and trying to win a singles open on the same weekend. That there's no benefit to individual players to play county anymore. You still get the likes of the Gold Cup and that, though, which is entry-only. And if they're promoted correctly under the entire umbrella, that's the thing, isn't it? It's the same with MAD. MAD has multiple different avenues, and we're praising it for one part and saying it needs improvement in the others. I think you're going to get that with all systems. But the fact you've got one organisation covering the lot just makes it easier to move from one to the other. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying that's the right or wrong. I'm just saying that that's the information. It's bloody expensive, by... though. Exactly I'm not that. doubting that one bit. It is bloody expensive, especially if you go for an away weekend. You get coach travel, you get hotel, which, okay, you get slightly reduced, but you still got to be there for one, maybe two days, depending on how far the journey is. Um, depends if you're a week nine to five worker or if you work weekends, that's time off. Um, and then let's be honest, you go away to county because for some, for, for a lot of people, you go away and you, you have a good time with your mates as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But Cam... There aren't many that are tucked up in bed on a county weekend on a Saturday night by 8pm. But Unless they've had a really heavy Saturday. For, going away <laughs> for a weekend, Cam, with your mates, that's not what county was designed for, is it? No, it's not. I mean, it's not there just to be a bit of a jolly up and down the pub. If you want to do that, you could, any of us could just organise that between our mates anyway and just go off for a weekend to a pub that's got a dartboard and have a laugh, but that's not what it's there for. It's there for the development of the game and the players and everything else. Yeah, exactly. And I've just used the quote, again, I'm not, I'm not going to name the player, but he said, why would I travel five to six hours for a potential four or five legs of darts? Piss yeah. up. This player doesn't drink. Mm. So, to be fair, this I've seen some half decent movements on that. I'm again not going to name players, but people that are making whole style lifestyle changes and could work. Um, comment in the chat room about this. Where was it? Oh, from Daz. PDC is where it's at. Um, got dark school simple. Look, at the top level, 100% PDC is the place to be. But they can't, and they've openly said they're not catering for everyone. So there has to be an amateur level of the game. There has to be grassroots starts for people to feed into these systems. It's just getting that system to work and be right for everyone, which is, which is tough. Yeah, it's not easy, is it? There's a, there's a hell of a lot that goes into it that... That 
there's always going to be people that are not happy with it, however you do it. And it's a, it's, I wouldn't like to be in charge of trying to sort it out. Oh, no. No, not at all. Where, if I'm going to play devil's advocate here, if you could go back, if that famous time machine worked, do you reckon that the BDO would now accept Barry's £2 million offer? No. I, I think they should have done, but I, and I think I mean, they still knowing, should knowing, have it happened, but would they? I don't think they would. No, I, I still don't think they would. Could we turn it all back and put darts under one, one umbrella again? Don't think so. It would have been the best thing to do, but I still don't think they'd ever have done it. Even with hindsight, I think they're too stubborn and too there was too much there that I don't think they would have done it. <laughs> Well, I've seen enough politics, given the the demise of the BDO as the governors of the county system in the last 18 months with the emergence of the UKDA to suggest that that BDO, the people involved, were never going to change. Because some of the people that yeah, then tried to set up new organisations that were part of things like the Tri-Nations were involved in the BDO way back when that started this off. Right, that's fair enough. Right, it's that time, everyone. Chat room is open. Question time it is, guys. Let's get ready for the juicy part. Let's let, let's open it up. Fire away. I know there was some earlier on. We'll go back and find them while you get all your questions in. Now, Cam's been looking forward to this part all day. Absolutely. Um, I spotted one a minute ago about... What is it? Juan in the chat room. Darts to be part of the Olympics. Absolutely. 100%. Get it in there. No. Not if, you can have, if you can have walking as a sport, I'm having darts in there. 100%. Let's have it. I'm not being funny though, Cam. If you tell somebody you've won Olympic gold in walking, it means a lot to people in the walking community. You tell somebody you won Olympic gold in darts, they couldn't give a crap. You think? Yeah. I think, the, pinnacle I think of, would. the pinnacle of darts is always going to be the world championship because of the financial implications it comes with. Then probably you sit. the match play, the Premier League. You say that, Gob, but I'll tell you one. One, We always end up at some point linking it back to golf. The The pinnacle of golf is, always has been the four majors and always will be. But there's a lot of the top-level pros who were massively wanted to be at the Olympics. It's just something different. You, everybody grows up with the Olympics, no matter what sport you're in, no matter what you like. Everybody watches it every four years. And there is something special about that gold medal. Possibly. But I, I just think the attitudes of dark players are different to that of golfers. I'd be interested to see the Olympic Village, all these finely tuned athletes warming up, then Chizzy warming up for his match. <laughs> <laughs> so someone's just raving effects in the chat. Why not put drinking in the Olympics and see how many dark players show up? Forget dark players, I'll be there. Yep. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, no, I like that one. Uh, well, Tugboat is in. Nice of you to join us. Oh, lucky us. <laughs> All right, Tugston's off. Exactly. <laughs> um, right, where were we? 
like that one. Uh, a good one from Jonathan here. Who disappointed most on the Dev Tour this weekend? Ooh. That's a good, that's a very good question. Bit surprised Gert Nenchez didn't pick up a title. Very, very capable player. Um... I know, I know mine, and I and I say this because I genuinely think he could go all the way to the top. It's Keen Barry. Mm-hmm. I, I expected Keen to do a lot better this weekend. Yeah, I think possibly possibly Jared Cole as well for me. I think yeah, I would have expected him yeah. to at least make a final. I think Ted Everett's going to go in that group as well. Touched on him earlier, but yeah, yeah, needs to yeah be back winning again. Oh, predictions for the live league this week. Well, in order for us to predict the live this week, Phil, you're going to have to let us know who's playing in Group B and C. Right, two seconds, and I'll tell you. Well, if you'd watch the preview show at the weekend, you'd know. You keep picking Chris Mason over me. I'm obviously the more attractive of the two. <laughs> right, so Group A, for those that have missed it, from a Monday to Wednesday, it's Jared Cole, Scott Marsh, Mike Warburton, Darren Beveridge, Nathan Gervin, Richie Burnett. Then Thursday and Friday morning, Lee Cox, Wes Newton and Connor Scott. And then in the evening, it is Paul Hogan, Justin Smith, and now it's not Jason Askew, I think. It's Stuart Williams. Two seconds. Let's see if, see if Mark's updated it. I think it's Stuart Williams, maybe. Williams, so Stuart Williamson. Can't remember. I only found out about an hour ago. <laughs> um. Where are we going from there, then? Where are we going from there? Read them out again. <laughs> He's forgotten already. Mike Warburton, Darren Beveridge, Nathan Gervin, Richie Burnett, Lee Cox, Wes Newton, Connor Scott, Paul Hogan, Justin Smith, and the other one that I can't remember. Tell you what, that B is that, is that group B that's tidy. Paul Hogan, Wes Newton. Yeah. And then the top. Like to look at that. And, top. and then the top two from second to fourth, isn't second, it? second and third from eight. Yeah, that's tidy. That is. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, well, Jared's in absolute prime position at the minute. Yeah. Um, Darren Beveridge looks good. Um, if he gets it right, Mike Warburton. Yeah. Yeah. Warby's always got a chance. Yeah. I fancy a little run from Wes Newton, and I I don't really know why. I'm <laughs> not sure why I'm picking that, but I think as much as anything I'd like to see it. I think, yeah. yeah. He yeah. Was, was he in phase two or phase three, and he, he played for a couple of days. Um, yeah. And I think once you've been there once, we've seen a lot of players settle a lot more um, and produce that second time round. Um, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Colin Osborne had an absolute mare the first time we saw him, and he went on and, and did absolutely bits. Yeah. 
Um, Dave says, um, what about Josh Payne signing for Red Dragon? Good. I think it's a good move. Good move for both. Went under the radar um, a bit, but yeah. Yeah. I think Josh is one of those players that's got huge talent and a lot of pedigree. Um, has had a lot of issues away from the hockey over the last two years. But I'm not sure if it's common knowledge or where I see little bits on his social media, but he's, he's had a, a tough time. Um, Maybe will probably lose his tour card this year unless he can produce something special. I might be wrong with that, but I think he's outside the 64 now, isn't he? Good old. That's rankings. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's 83 old. now. So, yeah, the, the likelihood is he's going to lose his tour card. But new start, everything like that, clean slate if he can win his tour card back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I like I mean, it. I've seen, apparently, Jared is not in prime position after winning five out of five today. Weird take. Weird take. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I like that. Um, Chris says, should the World Cup be expanded to 32 teams? I no. don't think there's 32 good enough nations at the moment, if I'm being honest. Correct. What should happen is pairs <laughs> only. <laughs> I was going to write that I'm on a T-shirt. I, I love the World Cup. Pairs only. Correct. Um, Dad says, will um, Jackpot Lewis get back to his best? Can for you. I'd absolutely love to see it. He's one of my all-time favourite people to watch, especially when he's on. I'm starting to lose a little bit of hope that it's going to happen at this stage. Every, every year come into it again and think, yes, this year it's all going to click again. It's all going to fall. I think there's too much talent there that it can't. But I don't know. Let's just... I'm not sure. But you, Gob? I don't know. We've seen more glimpses this year than we have in the in the past couple of years. He'd said in an interview with you at the fishing event that he believes he can get there. Um I suppose that's the main thing because it wasn't a comment that he just said because he, he has to for, for media obligations and to tell everybody that that's how he feels. He, he generally looked like he believed that. Um, just got to have a run. One run will completely unlock Adrian Lewis, I think. I but I think he good knows that and that's an issue. Yeah, good, good question here from Nathan. I like this one. I said, guys, do you think we will see more tours like the Nordic in the future? And where would you like to see one? Russia. So I can um, see more Dmitry Gorbanov and his walk-on. The, the first part of the question, yes, I think the associated tours are massively important. Yeah. But where would I like to see one? Africa. I was about to say, I quite like South Africa. Yeah. I think that that has to be next, really. It's either yeah. that or South America, but both places are absolutely bloody massive. You, you've got 
Yeah. The CDC, we've got it down under for New Zealand and Australia. We've got Asia. We've got China. We've got Nordic and Baltic. We've got, obviously, the split now. We're seeing EU and UKQ school. Um, pretty much has to be... Four. Yeah, pretty much has to be an African nation somewhere. Yeah. 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 Or, or South America. Yeah. 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 Or South
we do. It's hard enough to get him to go to Milton Keynes sometimes, let alone Germany. Yeah, I, I don't don't see any chance that, that Gary goes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd be surprised. It's just a case of, does Peter Wright believe he can win the World Cup without Gary Anderson? Because the last time they played together, we all know what happened. Yeah. Championess. After this weekend, does Rusty Jake have a Scottish like grandparent or something? Can we sneak <laughs> him in there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, someone, um, Dave says about the bit you touched on there, Gob, about in Brazil. He said, didn't Diego organise the last tournament? Quite possibly. I know he's massively I active. Well, from the, the tweet, he said that he was involved in it to start with, but because of time restrictions and they've changed the rules in some of the events to when the deadline to get fixtures played and um, time differences, he's not playing in it at the minute, but he was certainly promoting it and pushing it the best that he could. So he's been a, Diogo, while we're there, let's just go on a little bit of a tangent. He's been a bloody good ambassador for a player that probably hasn't made the heights that he would have hoped. Yeah. yeah. Some, some good questions of just going back through the chat room um, about what we were talking about there. Raven wants to Dominic, go to the Dominican Republic. Um, Andrew says um, Southern Europe. Yeah, or Italy. Italy would be good. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Fan, fan, of, yeah, I... fan of Italy. No, I love Italy. Go really old school. Can we do a hot, an island hopping one? Just hop around the Greek islands. Crete, please. Yeah. We'll just go to a, we'll just uh, go to the party island. Yeah. Henry, uh, Henry says Torremolinos tour. <laughs> I saw I saw that before as well. I, I nearly shouted that one out. Yeah. Um, Jonathan. Um, yes, I will sort something with Matt shortly. So, stay tuned. What else have we got? Oh, our voice has joined us. Oh, yeah, he did dip in Don't for a second. That. We'll get him in trouble. He must... I know, it must be a, must be a fantastic he wedding he that on a Monday. Must be slow yeah. dance time. Just started yeah. playing Puppy Love. <laughs> love actually um, reference there for you. Just yeah, what you need to nice do on a Monday night. Um... Yeah, what else have we got in here? Um, absolutely top draw, guys. Keep them coming. Been a really good show tonight. Loving this. Oh, Estonia. Good shout. Eastern Europe. Well, is that not yeah, Nordic and like... Baltic? No, no. Estonia is more. Is Estonia not more like... Estonia is up with Latvia, isn't it? Hang on a second. Consults map. <laughs> I thought it might is be it actually. Not... Yeah. Yeah, You're it is. You are right. Away. It's yeah, right next yeah. to Latvia. You are absolutely spot on. Yeah. I just remember that from Pissed Up Brits Abroad. <laughs> <laughs> Tarlin looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
Tom won't want to see Les Wallace at the World Cup. Good luck with that one. Um, Teresa says, will Wright go with that, Gary? That, that's the bit we don't know. That, that's the $64,000 million question. Um, Shane says Croatia. The other problem is, wasn't didn't Marjanovic play for Croatia at one point, and now he's not playing for Croatia because he gets more opportunities in Germany? Possibly. He's played for about five different countries as Robert Marjanovic. Yeah. Um, it's like a European Tinder in his family. Yeah, he, he doesn't like me particularly, so. <laughs> um, Tugboat says, do you guys think the ranking system will be changed? Uh, I feel there is too many players on false rankings carrying money from two years ago. But, well, I think we all agree the ranking system doesn't work but will it be changed guys i think we're heading in that direction i think the pdc would have would have just firmly said no um but it, the debate's been brought up in snooker recently as well judd trump was not happy about not being the world number one anymore despite the fact he's won four or five titles this year selby's won just the one okay it's the world championship um but that's taking him to world number one status above um, Judd Trump at the minute and actually the more and more this question gets asked on Twitter the more and more or, or social media in general the more and more we're seeing players interact and going actually I'd like to see a change actually I want to see this I want to see that and I think if this is, this is what the PDPA exists for and, and the representation I'm not sure who the players rep is at the moment but I can I can see them start moving towards asking for suggestions on how it could be changed the problem is that the players that are going to oppose it massively are going to be the players that are clinging on to top 16s after bad years. Yeah. Without without being disrespectful, I don't see the likes of Rob Cross or Daryl Gurney at the minute voting for a system where they suddenly drop from 12th in the world to mid-30s. No. Well, they're not going to do either. And that's, that's the thing. And it's about how you bring it in as well then, isn't it? Do you just have a straight cut off and say, we're bringing it in now? Or do you sort of phase it in and say you we're going to bring it in in the next year or two. In, yeah. Yeah. But then players that are voting for the system might not be involved in two to three years. There will always be red tape and issues with effectively overhauling yeah. your entire pyramid because that's what the system will the, be. The other thing is how you then, the way that you do it, and we've discussed this before, haven't we, at length, it's what method do you go to? Like, I don't, for me... The last 12 months isn't enough. There should be some way into the year before, but whether it should be 50% of the year before or... It's it's not easy. No, look, you're never going to find a system that suits everyone. So it's... Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, Lendl says, did someone say ranking system? Uh, weekly yeah. class cast FBI system. Um, Craig says, would you guys like to see the Las Vegas Desert Classic brought back? Absolutely. Yep, and I would like to cover it, please, if that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only reason you two want it back. As a, as a fan spectacle, it does nothing. We've had a World Series in Vegas. It didn't have the effect they want. They just put it in Madison Square Gardens for the name, and it's not even in Madison Square Gardens. 
I, the Americans I think, think really getting think... pissed is necking a VK. Yeah, well, I, I think moving darts to the East Coast of America will have a huge impact because of the I amount so. of playing. And yeah. I do. But at that point, why on earth are you taking an event back to Vegas? Apart from the players to get pissed up, spend a bit of money and go, oh, yeah, it's Vegas, because there's nowhere quite like Vegas. As a, as a spectator thing. And that's it. And that's, that's the reason yeah. to take it there, isn't it? Yeah, but that doesn't benefit the PDC and it doesn't benefit the broadcaster. It's just not going to happen. Oh, it does benefit the PDC. I've been there. I was going to say, it, it, it certainly benefits the broadcaster as well. Like, if you can have a little... <laughs> well, yeah, I know where, gone, where Phil's going with that. Um, but, yeah, if you can have a little little intro where you just fly with a little drone flying down the strip in Vegas it's people are going to watch because it's Vegas people are going to watch back home nobody's going to be there and then it looks crap they moved the World Series events from Japan and China because the crowd just don't react like European crowds do they sit the same with every event in Vegas though isn't it like the half of the boxing's empty and most of them are giving away tickets anyway like I'm a big fan. Take it to You're not going to fill the MGM. Don't need to. Just give away 5,000 tickets so it looks busy at the front. Well, and all I'm fine. saying, it's Tyson Fury and they couldn't sell tickets for Fury. So, what does it matter? They're still going to do it. Yeah. Um, good question here from Weekly Darts Cast. says, if the ranking system changes, do you then change how the new tour card holders have to get into the top 64 to keep their card? Um, I don't know. You'd probably have to, wouldn't you? But it depends what system you go with, doesn't it, for how that works. If you're going to go with just a straight-up one-year ranking system, then you probably have to go with that. If you're going to factor in money from the second year before at like 50% or something like that, then I'm not sure how you then work that one out. But For, for me, I want to see them go away from the money-based ranking because yeah. the, the, the world, we, I think most darts fans agree that the world is too heavy compared to the rest of the tour. That if you win the worlds, you're in everything for two years. Right, rightly or, or wrongly. So if you went back to a point system, you can then allocate points for other tournaments better. The money, because you're not going to try to get sponsorship money out of people at the moment's hard work to bring the rest of the tournaments up to the world. Where you think at the moment, the world is worth 500,000 to the winner. The match play, yeah. the second biggest, biggest ranking is absolutely miles off. What is it, 150 for the match by 125? Yeah. That's a huge bridge to gap if you leave it on the money system. So for me, I'd potentially take it back to a points system. Then you can keep the money whatever you want for the tournaments. Yeah, that's true. Because otherwise, you've got to kind of bring everything else in line money-wise, haven't you? And you, where does that money come from? Yeah, and then... I, I genuinely, my just my, just my opinion, I just do it on a one-year order of merit 
and instead of being guaranteed a tour card for two years, you're only guaranteed it for one. Or the same, that you have to be in the top 64 after your two years. So if you're a new tour card holder, you get a year's grace. But I think that's, yeah. the only, that, that's the only two ways that it can work for me. Yeah, I I don't like the one year system. I don't think that's long enough. I think it you well, someone can have a decent run and fly up to the top of it. I think that's you don't have to sustain it for long enough. I think there has to be more than that. But like I said, we all sat here, we all think different things. So how how do you actually change it and get everyone on board? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. No no one's ever gonna agree on this. There's always gonna be winners and always gonna be losers when you're looking to change something like this. Yeah. Simon so, in the chat. Gary Anderson sells out Allegiant Stadium easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speak, speaking of that, just changing the subject slightly, how good does the, the Allegiant Stadium look this weekend? Oh, it's just incredible, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's cost them a lot of money, but it's, there's a reason why. It's, it's probably the best stadium right now in the world second best i knew you i was just i could see your face going straight away <laughs> uh, to be fair looking at that that first game of the season i mean that atmosphere that atmosphere at spurs was incredible to be honest it looks so good that stadium full and they're running it i will give you that i mean it's still no we would yeah. but i mean it'll get there yeah <laughs> Right, last couple of questions, guys, because we've been going nearly two hours and you guys have absolutely smashed it this evening and literally smashed it out of the park. Um, someone asked earlier, said, do we think Canada are going to cause upsets in the World Cup? For me, absolutely. They're certainly in that conversation. But we've been saying that about the Philippines for the last two, three years, and then they've drawn Team England twice in the first round and lost in the first round twice. But right now, are Team England that great? If it was to happen again? Uh, yes. James Wade is playing, of course. Oh, great. That's going to be fantastic to watch. I can't even make that um, joke. Henry says, if you could do an, ex an exhibition in an open-air stadium, where would it be and why? The Colosseum in Rome. Fortress Ewood. Great... Yeah, the Colosseum in Rome is a good job. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not technically a stadium, but yeah. posing in sandals and a shield. Um... Oh, that's a good shout. Where else would I like to... Sorry, Cam, I cut you off then. It's all right, don't worry. Um, how about... I'm trying to think where would be a good one. How about the stadium for Venetia FC in Venice? Right on the water. You've got to go down the water to get there or walk through the centre of the city to get there. Be pretty cool. That's lovely. Fenway, yeah, um, I can get behind Fenway. I quite like maybe at the top of Rockefeller Centre, looking back over Central Park. 
Yeah. You mean like they did in tennis on the... Was it the Burj yeah. Khalifa? Yeah. yeah. Where they played on the helipad? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I think Match HQ. Eddie earns back hard. Fight count. Yeah, Eddie. <laughs> Fight count, yeah, you could do that one. To be fair, his ideas for next year's fight camp are out of this world if he pulls this off, by the way. I mean, like, I get it, but, like, surely we're back to having full stadiums again now. As cool as fight camp is and as good as it's been, we all want to see 20,000, 50,000, 80,000 fans in there. The, the plans for next year, Cam, if he, if he pulls this off, are going to be around that. Yeah. Is he going, oh, he's he's going full stadium? Logging out. It's fight, camp. it's fight camp 2.0 on steroids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Jonathan Roberts, Salford Stadium in the chat there. I'd like that. It's nice and close to me. Just nip nip down the road. <laughs> Trent Bridge, what am I saying? You don't get a bad view in Trent Bridge. Uh, it's, no, it's no Emirates Old Trafford, though, is it? Come on, let's be real. Lose. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like uh, Justin Smith is Counting in ten. the chat room. I shall see you later in the week as well, mate. Um, what darts are you using this time around? Have you got a proper set yet? Was he like me? <laughs> um, Raven says, pick a current player you'd want to play against in an exhibition match. Obviously, this is personal preference, boys. So, who would you like to play in an exhibition? Um, current player. I've always wanted to play Nico, but that's not current player. We can't have that one. So, I'm <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I'd fancy to do it, does it? Because I might get a win. Is <laughs> that too unfair? It's too unfair, that, isn't it? I'll take that. You will not get Yeah, but I had about I had about eighty seven Dimmy specials. I <laughs> couldn't see the board. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely couldn't get a win. Um who would you want to play? I know who Goff's gonna pick. Oh go no, on, Goff, jump in and you you'd want to play Gary. Play, Mr. Barnes. What? You'd want to play Gary. Yeah. No, because Gary just wants to play darts. If I'm going in an exhibition, I want to prat around a bit. And I want to play against somebody who can give it as much as I'm going to give it to them to start with. I'm going for your boy, Phil. What, MBG? Yeah, it would be a, it would yeah. be a lot of fun. M- MBG or Gezi would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Like, you'd... MVG, mate. Just because he's, he's got that sense of humour about him as well, isn't he? And, like, I've seen him do stupid things in exhibitions where he, he chucked 12 darts against people or whatever just because they started giving him abuse away. I'd just love to. Go on. Go on. I emceed an exhibition um, where we had Scott Waits and Martin Adams, and one of my, my university teammates got pulled out to play Scott Waits. And he was cheering 60s. And Scott Waits absolutely loved it. Lapped it up and gave it him straight back. 
you just can't yeah, beat can't those sort of games. You just got to relax and just get on with it. Yeah, I, I think probably for the same reason as Gob, I think you've got to have a bit of a laugh and a bit of banter. I think, I think it's going to be like Gezi or it, maybe Eddie Lewis. Eddie Lewis would be fun, wouldn't he? A couple of blind one eighties, couple. Of, yeah, I'll go Eddie Lewis. On oh, an exhibition, he'd be fantastic as well. Yeah. Johnny Mack says, if you can change someone's nickname, who would it be, and what would you change it to? We passed the watershed yet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're well past. Marzi. Go on. Um, so, so, whose nickname don't we all like? The freeze is crap. Yep, that agreed. Um, I don't like the fact that Gerwin Prizes is not his own. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't like don't know. the one I. Because it's not really a nickname. Yeah. No. The one that I always said, which obviously is gone now, but Fallon with the Queen of the Palace, for the event in Nottingham, she should have been the Sheriff of Nottingham 100%, and there shouldn't have been any even debate about that when she played there in the Premier League. To be fair, she hates it herself, because it was just given to her by Sky. Yeah. Yeah, but even just for that one-off event, she had to be the Sheriff of Nottingham. Like, it was just, it would have been perfect. I'd change Gary's back to Dream Boy. Because I know how much he loved that. (laughs) 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 Let's not... uh, Hollywood, no, look, he's got a bad enough walk-on song. Let's leave his nickname alone. (laughs) I don't mind Hollywood (laughs) as a nickname, but he's got a a local local boy, walk-on, sorry. It's horrendous. Sorry, Dobes. The thing is, not everybody can have a catchy... Smart ass nickname. Like, there's only so many nicknames. Like, you can't just force it on people. Nicknames are usually earned through something in life or, or a characteristic about you. Some people are just yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, and we completely forgot the serial killer because that's not actually his nickname, but it should be. Yeah. Yeah. We... And Dirk, Dirk to actually be the Orb of Genius and. Not the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. With you on Jamie says you don't get right, involved literally here. The, the last one, guys, because you guys have been absolutely sensational today. So, God, what are we going for? Last question. I'll let you know if one pops up. Everybody just listing who they'd oh. rather play. Yeah, I'm just scrolling back, back through. Frosty the Throwman, by the way, is a fantastic nickname. Mark Frost yeah. has got that. By far one of the best. Yeah. Right, I, I quite like this one. Kirk says, if you could pick one final you could watch back again live over the past years, which one would it be? One that final? Is, that is a very, very good question.
for me, it involves two players. And it was played outdoors in, Dubai. in the Middle East. Dubai, mm-hmm. Gary Anderson against Michael Van Gogh. I could watch that game all day long. Um, Gary's first world title was up there against Phil. That was a great final. Fantastic. That had literally absolutely yeah. everything. Um, I'd like to be in the room for James Wade, Mervyn King and the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very entertaining. Um, I'm going to tell you what is a little bit of an out there shout, but it was just a bloody good game of darts, I thought. Mark Webster's world title. Against Simon Whitlock. Yeah, that was a that was a very very good game of darts that doesn't get as much yeah. recognition as it should. Oh, Phil Taylor James Wade one. Premier League final twenty ten. Oh yeah, the yeah. double nine. Yeah. The fact that oh. he only beats James by two legs and he throws two nines in the yeah. game and probably should have that, should have a third. That final was absolutely incredible. Do, do we go back to the slam final? That slam final and watch that again. I know. I, I, I considered that one. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I might have got kicked out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. UK versus Australia. Well, what a shout that is, by the way. Yeah, that, is, that is a brilliant, brilliant shout there. I'd, I'd, do you know what? I'd love to go a few years later, though. Not a final. Australia versus Belgium, when Nico and yes. Kim are going at each other. Oh, that was absolutely brilliant. Because yeah. I'll be honest, it sounds pretty weird for someone who's so much against some of the antics and whatever as I have been for the last few months. But that was so far gone, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And because it was both sides, it was just hilarious. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was good. Well, everyone, it's that time again. It is 10 o'clock. We've been going two hours. Everyone, give yourselves a huge round of applause in the chat room today. Absolutely smashed it out of the park. What a show we have had again today, this Monday on the Live Lounge. Of course, we will be back next week, Monday, 8pm. I've been Phil Byers, joined by Jack Gobby Garwood, Cam McFarlane here on the Live Lounge. Thank you very, very much, everyone, and we will see you all again next week for the Live Lounge.